Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Packham, joined this week by Matt Knight. Hello. Jay Cross. Hello. Sorry, my microphone's far away. And Joe Branton. Westside. Indeed. Joe Branton, yeah. I can't really hear you. Speak. Yeah, well, I did, I've been saying turn me up the whole way through us sort of... You kept saying turn... You were faffing around with your headphones. No, I was... Yeah, but, you know... You don't know how any there. of this works, do you? Just, just by... To, of course I do. Being in I charge have hosted when just, I'm not Just here. as many podcasts as you I don't have. think that's true. I successfully... Disagree. Name one thing you've successfully done ever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is a great point. <laughs> That's actually the Patreon topic uh, this week. We all spend half an hour trying to work out if Joe's ever done anything successfully. I have. Played so, my um, way through most. Thanks for joining us this week. As you can hear, uh, it's already feisty. Uh, we are all well fed. Uh, Joe's got a beer on the go and ready for another hour of top quality guitar nerds content um thanks for joining us uh, if you're watching live on ampli.5 forward slash guitar nerds jay cross is going to be in the chat all evening um jay what are what do you want to talk about um so what i want to talk about is new gear days ngd stop hitting things sorry yeah that's about that um if anybody's had any ngds this week i want to hear about it let's have a little talk about it let me critique what you've purchased doesn't just have to be guitars does it because ngd i think normally stands for new, new, new gear. guitar day new gear day. oh really we're no, taking I it back i thought it was new gear day i thought it was new gear okay day. well, yeah, we're taking, well gear i just day. see a lot of people write npd what does that mean new, 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 york, new york new P- police department oh right no the uh, new pedal day oh, all yeah. right yeah so we're we're but taking yeah, it back for uh about new stuff new stuff okay so yeah ampli.five forward slash guitar nerds is where you'll find Jay Cross talking about New Gear Days. Um, so, what have we all been up to this week? Um, I would suggest that the biggest thing we've been up to is we filmed a lot of videos. Oh, yeah. At my yeah. house. We all hung out. We, we all did. hung out all day for once. Matt Knight, you came down from London. I know. I like it when we hang out. Yeah, it's, it's like I've got real friends, not just friends on the other side of a screen. FaceTime friends. <laughs> FaceTime friends. That's that's what we normally are. So, um, yeah. yeah, Matt came down from London to do a bit of playing. Um, we set up with the usual setup of um, the two notes recording system that we've got, which is the LeClean preamp and the Torpedo cab. Um, and we plugged in loads of pedals. Yeah. Um, Matt, do you want to talk about the two guitars that you brought down with you? Um, yeah. To, oh, what a pre- great pretty two special. Guitars. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I must admit, I think we've kind of, we're sort of starting to nail the uh, sounds out of that two notes setup. Yeah, it, definitely. It, it sounded way better. I mean, it still sounded great last time we recorded, but I think we're really sort of starting to dial in like the best sounds we can get out of it, which is really nice. Um, but I brought down my '58 Les Paul in in pink, we, which we used and only. before. We'd which we used that. before, which is lovely, but I put new pickups in it. Um, pickups from a London company called Monty's Guitars. They sounded uh, awesome. By... Like, you'd expect the, the custom shop ones would be like the pinnacle, basically, but they sounded way better this time around. It's, it's, it's funny, really, isn't it, how, like, they, they're still made of, like, the same materials and they're still sort of made in the same way, but how just a few windings or a different magnet or you know can make a, a huge difference but yeah uh, wound by a guy called matt in uh west london i think it's west london or northwest london is it, is it you <laughs> yeah it's me I, I wind pickups on the side you know just a little bit of a side business yeah um he used to work for chandler's music i think or in Q. um or he worked for a guitar shop in london around that sort of area uh, and he'd tried he'd seen quite a lot of original 59s he'd had a chance to kind of take a few apart um, for repairs so he's kind of like you know I know everyone says oh I've got the closest to a path ever but having been lucky enough to try an original 59 I must say that I think he's got pretty damn close to the, the proper sound it sounded just, awesome I mean it's I know, just so much richer sounding than the custom buckers that are in the Les Paul and the custom buckers are great but they can be a little bit dark sounding they can be a little bit too woolly and this is like it's the way that he describes it and i was like oh i sort of sort of get it and when i plugged in at home it made sense it was like almost like a fat teddy sound like a fat teddy pickup like an overwound like baja teddy i suppose in a way that kind of like rich and warm but without being kind of uber basic like some pickups can be i guess like some the key thing is that it's got like Yes, it's rich and warm, but there was some attack and definition there, which I think was lacking yeah. a little bit on the pickups that were in there before. Yeah, and it's funny because, if, you know, for a long time, even though I've loved the guitar since I bought it earlier this year, I've always thought, ah, oh, the pickups, you know, weren't amazing. But then having played it now, I'm like, oh, I love it. And then when I go back to a single coil guitar, like the Strat that I bought down, it's, it's almost like, ah, oh, this guitar sounds like really weak in comparison. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I bought down my 88 Japanese Paisley Strat, which um, looked incredible. We we I, I took know. a picture of it and we put it on the Facebook group and it it garnered like 60 70 likes yes. in no time at all. What a cool guitar I though. I it's, thought that um, Strat sounded amazing and I actually kind of disagree. I thought the Strat put the Les Paul to shame. I thought it sounded brilliant. It was, I thought it was a much better platform for I the pedals um, we were demoing. It's, I think the, the great thing about the way that we demo pedals at the moment, although it's like not ideal sound-wise, is that we monitor through like a small using Kent and Cheap Master, which sounds great, but it's cab-emulated sound into a combo. Yeah. So it's kind of not great. So I think when we get a pedal that sounds amazing through kind of like that oddball setup, you know it's a, like an awesome-sounding pedal. Yeah, we still... I'm always amazed. Every time I actually watch the videos when they come out on Friday... I'm like, oh, it sounded way better than I imagined and not remembered. And always they sound good when we do the demos. Um, so I, I suppose the last thing we kind of need is a decent monitoring system. Yeah, yeah. I'm the only one it's who actually of... gets to hear what everything really sounds like. So I'm the only one wearing headphones when we do the demo. Um, you, you always yeah. know if something's good, if, if you're sort of really into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, that sounds great. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, it really does sound great. But it's difficult to tell in the room because 
we need to get some sort of flat response. We need to get like a little PA speaker or something for the for the monitoring. So. I, re- I was really into those mm. um, that Laney thing that you had, Matty. The was it the IRTX? The, the IRTX. That's exactly what I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, they were such great little units. Really, really cool. Um, and they, yeah, I, I, those. You should tell the listeners a little bit about those. Well, they I mean, are Matt, cool you had the... one, didn't you, Matty? The IRTX, and it's, it was just yeah. like a super versatile unit. Well, it's yeah, it's it's part of a range of amps or a phrase that's becoming far more popular now. From you know what we talked about last week, uh, positive grid, um, you know the bias head, Kemper Axfexes, FRFR cabs, or full range flat response, which is effectively a PA speaker, um, but they've got a much higher powered driver in them. Well, in the case of this um, Laney, it's very much like a PA speaker in that it's wedge, yeah, it, it's it, wedge shaped, which is it's wedge shaped guitar amplifier that's wedge shaped. Yeah, so it's a 200 watt full range speaker that yeah has effectively got a 200 watt solid state amp built into it. It's got direct in, so if you're going from a Kemper or anything like that, or you know a two note setup like us, you can use it for recording. Uh, it's got DI out, so you could you know run it straight into a PA system and have it on stage monitoring if you're using an acoustic. Or what I really liked, which I used for a while, was running between a head and a cab because it's got a load box built into it. Yeah. So and on stage, it's about you can go quid. between head and a cab, have that as your monitor, and have a DI feed going to the desk as well as miking up the guitar amp and uh, going into a PA that way. So yeah. really good for a kind of for a sound guy to get and to get a better sound live. Yeah. Um, like definitely one of the best and more inexpensive options. Like the next best option after that's probably one of the atomic cabs um and they've been making you know frfr cabs since the first pod do you remember the early atomic wedges mark that had the slot for the so pod weird top? yeah they're, they, they're the best part of a grand aren't they the atomic cabs. yeah they're like a thousand yeah. pounds now because they this, do a neo this one is 300 350 quid but they, 350 they used to do something for around that money that was basically just a 212 like cab essentially right. but it had a power amp in it and a, like a tray that you slotted the pod into um, <laughs> god that was a long time ago that must be like 12 years ago or something yeah that uh, was yeah that was I mean that, that that product was yeah not coming to the end but it was sort of like I think it was just too radical yeah um, which is something we should probably do a top five on Top five most radical products, or oh, I'm going to be talking about one later today. <laughs> top five guitar products ahead of their time is definitely oh a, uh, oh, a video no. that sounds good. Vox Apache, the Vox Apache is not ahead, ahead of, of its time. time. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, 20 What's, years from now, everyone's going to want a drum machine and a speaker <laughs> built into their electric guitar. What about the current one? What's the st- the current one? The Star Scream. Oh, the, the, I, I was thinking about the um, Star Scream is just it's bad. If you ever thought like. If if you ever thought that the Yamaha, uh, what were the what were the Yamaha C three guitars? Not C three, but uh, skeleton guitars. Or the silent silent guitars. Silent guitars. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever thought that they were horrific looking? The star, the star scream, scream. is next level. Wow, it's next level. What's, what's that new Yamaha that's got? Is it Yamaha that's got the inbuilt delay and reverb, like into the acoustic? Oh yeah, no, it's so it's yes, yes and no, but it's like a passive. Um, yeah, it does something weird and oh, it's inside. Not, but it, uh, wait, is it passive? I don't know. But you don't have to plug it into an amplifier to hear. Yeah, to get. To oh get yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, reverb. yeah, Reverb and chorus. What? Reverb and chorus. I think it is. Yeah, yeah I don't think it's delay. Yeah. It comes out of the guitar and it's all done. It's not passive, definitely not. But or it might it might be? I don't know. No, they've it's done not some, passive. There's no some, way I could do it passive. No way. They've done some sort of thing with like a. 
I think it's almost like how a resonator works. Um, and they're doing something with the... I don't know. We talked about it on the show before. I can't remember the details. We should go back over that. Yeah, that it's, sounds It's interesting. So we haven't actually talked about the pedals that we did demos on. Um, Matt, what was your, what stuck out for you? What did you, um, what did you like? Um, I really liked, and I'm going to have to try and remember the name properly, the Pelican Noiseworks Pelator. Yes. Was that it? Yeah, that was great. The one that looks like a clon, which I think you put up in the Facebook group, and everyone was like, ah, oh, it's a clon. It's like... It's definitely not as it seems. No, um, absolutely. I don't not. know when you're going to put the video up, but yeah, it's um, it's it's just it was so good. I it's mean, such an interesting um, concept. The way because it's a it's a fuzz pedal for a start, but just the, yeah. the way that the idea of the it's two fuzzes being in one box and you blend between the two on a what was it a germanium and a uh, and a silicon circuit. It was the, it was like a big muff and a like a germanium fuzz. I suppose more like a fuzz face in a way yeah. yeah so like a two it's a lot of, there's a lot of seagulls outside I was about to say if you're listening to the podcast right now there seems to be some sort of seagull attack going there, on there is some sort oh, of no, war those, are, those are pidgeys yeah oh yeah that's what it is there's a, yeah. there's a training centre whatever there's, it's called yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're pidgeys outside. happening outside they yeah. are literally lifting pedestrians off of the ground <laughs> and then they're not always there right? drop. has something there's, changed no there's it's, often, it's quite often well, I mean the window's wide open which it, we don't normally yeah. have but it's it's fine they'll be in here in a minute we, stabbing out our eyes <laughs> yeah indeed well that would not surprise me if one managed to I mean you've got scaffolding we've got scaffolding up so I think um, we'll be alright so yeah apologies if you're listening it is blazingly hot in Brighton today so the window is open so you can probably hear some sort of seagull apocalypse hanging out, uh, hang, happening outside so. whilst, we've, whilst we've tangented off the, uh, off the podcast for a moment I can just see out the corner of my eye the, the stream yes uh, that we've got going on and I think it's quite obvious the fact that it was you two that set up the stream today because Jay looks like a giant and well, his head is Because cut off. you haven't included oh, my yeah. entire head in this. <laughs> because Joe and Mark are both nearly half a foot shorter than me. If you so uh, if you're uh, just listening to the audio podcast, do check out the uh, catch up on Ampli.fine. Just see uh, Jay's head stray out of frame occasionally. I'm not that tall. It's fine. It's fine. Anyway, so Pelican Noiseworks Pelator, Matty, you were telling us what it is. Yeah, so, so two fuzzes. Uh, yeah, Germanium fuzz and then like a Big Muff style fuzz, which I... Didn't, it didn't really go into detail how that was, so I'm wondering whether it was op-amp, like some of the later ones. But you can blend between the two of them, uh, which was good, because it's it's a cool concept having two fuzzes in one that work together. Like, often if you've got a pedal board with two fuzzes and you put them on together, everything just sort of sounds a bit either naff or there's so much gain that it doesn't, like you can't really hear any original guitar signal so well, you, you start it's nice just, that they've kind of I was going to say you start to get into that kind of weird oscillating territory and you lose yeah. an actual guitar where, tone where the clever I think the clever thing with this was the tone control and I have to remember I think Jay might remember this better than me because he was reading the manual at the time was when you turn it clockwise it drops the bass on one no, pushes no. the treble on one and drops the bass on the other. No. Was that it? No, that wasn't what it was. So there was two two like fuzz circuits in there, and the uh, one of the controls essentially they essentially acted as a blend. So when you were yeah. on your um, when you were all the way to the left, it was you just one, had the when... one fuzz circuit, and when you were all the way to the right, you just had the other. Yeah. So you would um, you know you'd find that whichever position you like the sound of the best. And then the tone control would um, boost... If you went to the right, it would boost the treble 
of the uh, the one on the right, and I can't remember which way around it was, but it would boost the treble. I think if it was all the way to the right, that was the like Russian big muff style fuzz, if I remember correctly. And so if you turn the treble control all the way, the the, um, the tone control all the way to the right, you'd get like a really trebly um, Russian big muff sound, but so as not to make that too unbearable, what that would also do is it would boost the bass of the um, vintage style fuzz. Uh, and if you went the opposite way, you it would do the opposite. So you okay. either, basically, whenever you boosted the treble of one fuzz, you got a boost in the bass of the other fuzz so that it didn't become too harsh. Yeah. Now, for me, I I think that's such a great idea. Like, we we always talk about this. I really don't like fuzz pedals. I, I, I just don't like fuzz as an effect in general. Um, I think there are a few exceptions to that. I do like Russian Big Muffs. Uh, I really like the uh, Bigfoot King Fuzz. You know, there's there's a handful of fuzz pedals that I'm like, yeah, I'm into. I like, I like rap pedals. I think they're quite cool. But in general, like, I'm not a huge fan. I thought that the Pelotor sounded great. And I think a lot of it comes from the fact that when you are turning the treble up, you're not just getting this horrible screechy sound, which yeah. a lot of people really love. And, like, I get it. But, like... I uh, I don't like it at all, and I think having that that boosted bass on the other side just made such a difference. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so, like, yeah, if you're if you if you're like me and you're like you like you don't like fuzz, but you want to kind of or you want to have another effect, I think it's definitely something that's worth checking out because they were they were really re- it sounded amazing, and I was ready to dismiss it immediately. Um, so yeah, really cool pedal. Joe Branton, what stood out for you? Hmm. Uh, well, I mean, we tried out a pedal that I'd actually bought, didn't we? The, yes. Uh, we, 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 which, which I thought was great. It was really good. I thought it was there, the, were, there were a few things that were, it, that, that were really exemplary, but I, I'll mention that one as the one. Uh, I recently purchased, or actually my mum bought me for my birthday, yep, a, uh, an Electro Faustus um, guitar disruptor. Yes. Oh, yes. So good. Um, it was actually on Matt's recommendation as well. Uh, I think you introduced me to that pedal. Well, it's, so. it's funny because you said to me, like, what's the most ridiculous thing I could buy guitar pedal-wise for, like, under 60 quid? Yeah. And I was like, I will find something. And uh, I think when we plugged it in this weekend, we were just like, this is ridiculous. ridiculous. I think so I'm, I'm going to buy one. Name, I think. All in the name. But it's... um, So it is an... <clears throat> it is an octave overdrive oscillator pedal yes that has uh, it has a simple two simple controls you've got the volume self-explanatory and the flux which um does everything else basically yeah, basically everything else it's oscillation it's um it's uh sort of uh, like a, a a bit crusher yeah. sort of effect as, as you turn up loads of things which you can expression out or in yeah, expression control yeah which is mental um but yeah completely bonkers two settings it's got zero or this uh, plus two setting which which adds uh all drops two octaves yes on, on what you're playing and i mean there yeah, were it, like divides the signal doesn't it and then puts an octave down on like absolutely nuts i mean when when you were playing it matt and there were times where you were just sort of holding one note you, you were just holding one note with your left hand and it was the pedal was flicking between. It was playing about eight th- notes. Yeah, it was. It was flicking between the octaves at random intervals. It was just an absolutely crazy pedal. I mean, completely. We all agree, completely unusable 
But no, not at all. I don't think so. Because I, I mean, in a conventional sense. Oh yeah, but I mean, it's if, not. If you want something, it's not a soul food or no. a tube screamer. No, but if you want something on your board that you can call on occasionally when you need to do something crazy, I think there is probably nothing else out there at that price that's that crazy. I mean, I I would put that put it up there with the craziness of pedals like. Um, the Rainbow, Rainbow Machine, Machine. Yeah. yeah, and you, you know things like the Mel Nine stuff, like stuff that just does bonkers things. Yeah, like it's up there, but it's not two hundred quid. Unlike both of those pedals, can't believe they're that little money because it's really well built as well. So if it was one hundred and fifty quid, I'd probably be saying the same yeah. thing. Yeah, it was one four nine. You'd yeah. be like, yes, yeah, solid pedal for that money, yeah. but for sixty quid, it's unbelievable. Yeah, so it makes some other that's, really that's cool. The same units price as, well, as like the Electro Harmonics Bass Big Muff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What were you saying, Matty? I said they make some uh, some really cool pedals, actually. They do that, I think I mentioned it maybe a month or two ago, but they make a reverb pedal where the springs are on the outside. Yeah, is it a so reverb like a pedal, though? With... Is it a reverb pedal? I'm not sure it is, is it? Well, it's like, it's like, a, it's like a noise yeah, sort and of thing, because no... you, ba- you basically play the springs, don't yeah, you? Yeah, there's no guitar input. Uh, no, there's just an output, but yeah. I'm, I'm, I reckon there's one way. I reckon you could modify that in some way, shape or form. Yeah, I'm sure there's probably some way you could work it, work it around that. But they do like some weird like drone synths and stuff like that as well, which is quite cool. Yeah, um, and a theremin, so always good for your for the floor, which actually has an input. Um, we should definitely try that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Awesome. we should try and get on board with Electrofast. That sounds good. Cool they do hell. make some great pedals, and they. They're one of those, a good company that, I, I, I mean, I kind of thought it, it was actually quite astute that the guitar disruptor is £60 in that they've sort of gone, this pedal is completely crazy and yeah. not really usable in a conventional sense. But it's £60. 60 quid. Why wouldn't you buy it? Yeah. Jay Cross, anything else stand out to you? Um, what else stood out? I, I, I think the Pelotor was the one, really, for me, that, that really... I've really engaged with in a way that I just really didn't expect to. Um, yeah, as I, I say, we did another fuzz before the Pelotor, and I remember us being amazed by it. I can't remember exactly we what did, we did. We now. did the we did the uh, Ramble Effects uh, Twin, Twin Bender, Bender. Which oh, yeah. was really good, I which is cool. Okay. Um, yeah, that was pretty good. The Sfy Sound F. F- Techno food. Oh, I tell you what. Techno food. Oh, the Charlie Fox. The Charlie Fox trot. Yeah. Um, yes. So the, well, there was. So I'm just lo- re- looking back to the list the one now. now I've got the um, I've got the list open. Um, and yeah, so we did the Maleko Charlie Fox trot, which we've been putting off doing for ages because we didn't know we, how it works. We plugged it, it in and we didn't. Any sense. Well, well, that's what we thought. No. That's, that's and then we thought we then, knew it, but then we didn't. And because we spent a bit of time <laughs> with it, and actually, it kind of makes sense. No, no, it doesn't, because we gave Matt all that time, and he was like, oh, yeah, I completely understand these six completely insane controls that all have a randomised feature yeah. on them. He was like, oh, I understand it now. Made a few things, and we were like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. That sounds usable. That sounds straightforward, and it makes sense. You could write some music with this, because you understand how to make this pedal do the right things. Then we came to record it. He switched to the same set and it was doing completely different things. I think the difference is there is because it's a pedal based on threshold so how hard you hit the strings triggers it in a different way I think that when you're just messing around you play a bit lighter than you do on a demo video I think as soon as it was suddenly video time and Matt was actually giving it some for the video where the threshold was set was maybe like too low or too high and it was just going it was just freaking out 
I suppose we should try and give a quick overview of what it is. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, what is it? So the so Charlie Foxtrot is basically how would I describe it? A sampler, a digital sampler slash splicer. Yeah. So this is the best way to kind of it basically captures a sound like a freeze. You tell it how much you want to capture, then how many times you want it to play it back, and then which direction you want to pitch it up or down, effectively. Yes. Um, and all that's the- what the manual says, but then every time we set that, it, it did something different. And all of those can be set to random as well. I think every... And all of those controls can be set to random. And Amazing. you can actually then set manual trigger as well, which I was quite interested in, actually, because there's an old... There's a couple of old digital samplers that, like that are pedals that you have got a trigger in and I was like I wonder if you could send a trigger input from just like I'm assuming you can send a trigger input from like just a Boss FS5U like a latching or a non-latching foot switch so I was wondering if you could do something with the ES8 and then have something like that and then just use that to then trigger samples yeah maybe I need or to maybe... borrow it I need to borrow it and try it and see if yeah. it'll uh, work we'll see what madness we can we can get up to so um, I just want to give a quick shout out to the Boss CE2W mm. uh, I know we'd Said that we'd scale back on the uh, on the boss mentions now that Matty is a full paid up member of uh, of boss, um, but the boss CE2W is a very very impressive pedal. I, I'm not someone who normally gets worked up by uh, by chorus because it is without doubt the worst effect. Um, it's such an idiot. The CE2W actually sounded really good. There's only really been two chorus pedals I've ever heard and liked. First up, the Way Huge Blue Hippo, oh, really yeah. good sounding, um, yeah, that and. Was great. C2W, and the difference is, I think, that they sound so much richer and more subtle. The problems that I've had in the past with units like, you know, the CE5 chorus ensemble, the you know, a modern boss chorus, is that they just sound thin. They just take away yeah. some of the guitar tone, and that's not a not a slight on that particular pedal. Um, but just I think that's always the um, the way, isn't it? That's what I always found about like before TC made the like compacts that we know now when yeah. they made like the nova dynamics and the nova delay um they all they all sounded great but they had like no they were they were so studio quality that they almost sounded like a recording and it kind of didn't give you the sort of same sort of feeling that you want when you're sort of just you know playing live or you know just messing around at home i just think you'd lose uh, a lot of your guitar character and it's suddenly everything just thins out with chorus usually but i didn't get that from the blue hippo and i certainly didn't get it from the the ce2w so mm-hmm. yeah that was um definitely some demos to uh, to look out for basically mm. this did recorded a lot of stuff yeah. um so check out the youtube channel that's all kind of coming soon the um also it's worth noting we did do the uh after talking about it quite a lot recently the percolator we did the oh, utility yeah. percolator yes. from Frederick yeah. Effect. Sounded great. Yeah. Sounded I think it's great. worth. Um, I think maybe what we should do at some point is try and do a uh, an AB um, because it's, a, because uh, a real percolator. Yeah, which is up there because it's not. So uh, Frederick Effects make the make a harmonic percolator, and I'm I'm quite interested how they got away with calling it the harmonic oh, percolator it's because he and I and I spoke to a guy called. Fletcher Stewart, who we met when we did the um, thing at Cato Studios, I think, was it around Christmas or oh, yeah. just after Christmas? Yeah. And he, I think the guy from Frederick Effects actually got in touch with the guy that built the Interfax ones 
and he signed over the rights to build the circuit. Oh, wow. Right okay, right. I didn't know so that. He, oh. So the original ones are actually the same circuit as the mm. Interfax ones. I'm, yeah, I knew I'd that. Have to, I'd have to be sure on that, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure he basically said this is the circuit and yeah i mean effectively I, I didn't know that it was that legit i did i did know that it was the same circuit other than the fact that the um the frederick effects has the clipping mode uh yeah switch. i think that's the only thing but i think he did i think they did an original harmonic percolator before he added the clipping switch that was just the original circuit although right. in theory with the clipping switch if it's in the middle it is the same as the original circuit it's only in the up position or the down position it's actually any different yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but there is more of a gain structure on the uh, utility on, on, percolator. On the utility percolator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think cool little pedal, and again, yeah. definitely worth um, checking out the demo. So yeah, swing by the YouTube channel; it's kind of all coming. Soon. Although I would say, if you're a fan of harmonic percolators, um, then I don't think the utility percolator was especially for you. I think it's a really great pedal in its own right, but almost having percolator on there is kind of. I thought it sounded so different because it was so much more a drive pedal, and I think. The harmonic percolator is an enhancer, um, yeah, more than a drive pedal. It just like a harmonic percolator you can have on all the time to give your sound more depth, presence, character. And this is like more that. of a this more is of a drive. on-off drive pedal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cool pedal either way. Oh so, yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, check out the channel and loads more video yeah. demos coming soon. Yeah, very excited. Lots of cool stuff. Um, should we dive in some news? Nude men. So first up um, is a company I've not heard of actually, Matt, but I'm assuming that you you have Crazy Tube Circuits. The have just announced the Golden Ratio Phi or Fee or Pi um, P H I. What are we saying? Yeah, I'm, I can't remember how you pronounce it, but Pigtronics did one, or they had the Echolution. The first one had I think it's called uh, I can't think of the I think it's Pi. Okay. I can't quite remember, but it's something to do with. I mean, I don't know if I, I, kind of, I get a feeling that Jay might know what this is, but he might not. What the golden ratio is? That's what the that's what pi is. It's something. It's some sort of ancient Greek mathematical equation. I know. I know what and pi is. Yeah, it's kind not of like pi. Has, no, like this is apple. The, the golden ratio is the 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 uh, the number ascension that. There's there's a band that wrote that song where every every bar is the next number in the golden ratio. Okay, yeah. So basically, the golden what, ratio is like a, what a certain de- number. What yeah. we've determined is that we don't know that um, we were all great uh, at math. Anyway, yeah. but anyway, this uh, crazy tube circuits, um, awesome pedal company uh, in America, basically done this, which is like a two. It's like two compressors in one box. Okay. Um, so you've got an optical compressor, uh, which is a bit like. I suppose like the MXR one or the new Boss one or like some of the um, the old Aphex ones. So it's it's based on kind of how hard you play. So obviously the more you dig in, the more you're sort of getting, um, which is all on like photo cells, which is quite nice. It's if you want something maybe to kind of go with your rhythmic style a little bit more, uh, that's really nice. And then they do like an FET compressor, which is um. How would I describe it? I suppose more like a studio compressor, um, in a way which has got its own separate controls. I'm not sure where the 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 phi phi pi comes into it. Okay. I think it's probably something to do with the equation on how they've programmed it. Perhaps someone who's um, um, someone who knows maths and is good at this sort of stuff undoubtedly will write in and tell us that we're 
pronounce it wrong. It must be pi, right? It must I'm be. I'm sure it's pi. Yeah. Um, oh, um, uh, the symbol, I think, is phi. I think oh, it's, phi, okay. I, I believe it's phi. It's a Greek letter. Yeah, okay. It's a Greek thing. Yeah. Okay, anyway. Um, Sorry, I've just seen yes. it on here because it's the... Um, I've just looked up what the golden ratio is and it is actually quite interesting. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, I'm pretty sure that is phi. Is that, is that, that join, us, join us for the, uh, the Greek uh, mathematical podcast. Golden After ratio this, special. We definitely wouldn't yeah. get on that. Yeah, yeah it is Golden free. ratio special next week. That's my uh, golden what? Um, golden ratio. Oh, right. That's my uh, economics degree <laughs> coming in handy ten yeah. years on. Yeah, yeah. Next week's going to be a real cool dude podcast um, where we yeah. talk about maths. Nah, probably not. Um, so one last bit of news this week. Um, Futone have announced um, some noiseless tremolo springs. Now, Matt, in the listing that I've got here. The foo in futone is capitalised. So, is it futone or futone? I, I assumed it was futone, but okay. I could. It could well be futone. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> actually, a really cool company um, that I've sort of been following for a while. They make um, basically upgraded hardware for bridges, which sounds super boring. Um, wow. But having recently upgraded the bridge on my Japanese Strat. I actually think it makes a huge difference. Okay. Um, because it's they actually do like titanium saddles and titanium blocks, solid steel box, solid brass ones, and they all make a difference to the way the your guitar resonates and the amount of weight that it adds to the bridge for sustain. Um, they do things like loads of upgrades for Floyd Rose and stuff like that, which is quite cool. But for a while, they've done noiseless tension springs. Uh, now for probably players like us four who don't ever really use a trem um you probably wouldn't notice but live if you ever kind of got like a strat turned up or a floyd rose and you use it you can sometimes hear like the springs you get like a you know when you get that like like you get like a pinging sound yeah yeah especially if the guitar's maybe not set up properly or you're kind of doing some extreme sounds or even some smaller ones you can kind of hear those strings like oh springs rather like ping as you're kind of moving the trem so these are like a, a polymer coated spring to, for you to get effectively a tighter sound with no noise, echo or reverb. So it's almost like when a guitar's not plugged in and you hit your guitar, you can hear it like reverberate in the back of the guitar. This is basically designed to stop that. So it's kind of a very specific thing, but I'm sure there's probably quite a lot of people out there who do find it a problem. Otherwise, they wouldn't they wouldn't necessarily go on, oh, well, what we're going to do is we're also going to make them in different tensions, which is what they've just released. Right. Um, because I thought they were just funny colours, but no, they're all different <laughs> spring tensions. Is, so, it, is it part of the Strat? A part of the Strat sound, not that kind of like springy, reverby type tone, though. Like, yeah, I've always but, thought of that as a characteristic. But I think the people that are going to be using this probably aren't people with Strats. It's probably sure. more Floyd Rose, Kayla Trems, and then more modern Trems that you're going to get on like sirs and things like that where you kind of want the trem function but you want a modern trem because i always find like fender trems are great but they're not flawed but they're you know they've got their own kind of oddball characteristics where if you play play a more modern guitar you kind of want it to just be like super smooth yeah um and i suppose Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. 
Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. The problem is that maybe some of the cheaper guitars with licensed Floyd Roses, those springs aren't as nice. And for $15, $15 you can basically buy a new set of springs. But the difference with the tension springs are great because that means you can now set your guitars up, especially with Floyd's, with heavier strings with less issues. Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of people now go, oh, well, I've got a guitar with a Floyd on it, but now I want to use it with 12s or 13s. And most Floyd's won't take that kind of tension. So these springs are designed to basically pull the bridge back into place for really, really heavy strings. Sounds like a surprisingly cool little product, like trim springs whatever yeah. but if it actually is solving a problem and it doesn't cost very much money and it gives you more options in terms of like tension on the trim then that actually sounds like quite a cool thing um we've yeah. actually got uh spot in spot mfd in the uh amplify group is just saying that uh they have actually purchased uh, okay. the red springs which are on their way and also a brass block right uh for a uh for a telecaster and they're gonna Post for a Telecaster, uh, apparently so. Wow, okay. And they're going to uh, get um, you can no, get no, uh, no. Sorry, Strat. Sorry, oh, okay. Teddy's on the mind. You can actually usually. get um, you can actually get brass. So you know where you get the the ashtray plates. Yeah, obviously not the cover, but you can actually get chrome covered brass. Uh, okay. Um, so they weigh a lot more. Um, but once again, yeah, designed for kind of more sustain, I suppose, and more resonance because it's a much thicker solid piece of. Of metal but that's what i found with changing the block on my strat is that i took out the other one which is just this kind of like crappy bit of like machined metal alloy and put in a solid steel block and it makes a huge difference cool yes yeah. it's, it's really funny isn't it it's just a really you know was do you, is this something that's really new was this happening were people doing this in like the 60s and 70s or is this something that you know, I think it's probably more of a new thing. Yeah. Probably for the last like thirty years. Probably since like Ibanez and that started. I just think more, more like pushing things forward. Boutique upgrades. Yeah. Like you see the amount of um, different bridges you can get for Jaguars and Jazzmasters. People just kind of used to put up with stuff or bodge it yeah, with yeah, a Mustang really bridge. Now you've got you know, like the a mastery, mastery stuff. I guess that's the thing. Is like it's not weird. It's not weird to go out and spend 150 quid on a bridge anymore. No. Because of someone like Mastery. And, um, I, you know, yeah, I, I mean, this is great. You know, if you can, if, if it's making a difference, then, you know, go out and do it. You know, one of the things that we often say is that guitar players are just, like, stuck in, stuck in our ways. And, you know, we're never, like, there, there's not a huge amount of um, innovation you know, no. and uh, I listened to the podcast that you were on last week on the Time World podcast, oh, yeah. Mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's good, wasn't it? Yeah, it was all right. I didn't finish it, but um, <laughs> I, uh, I got most of the way <laughs> That's through. That's because I said all the bad things about him at the end. Right, okay. well, I mean, there was a fair amount of bad stuff to, to begin with. But anyway, um, you were talking, oh, you, you talked a little bit about that, about how um, guitar players are, can be quite slow to innovate. And um, yeah. it's, you know, I think this sort of stuff is it's cool. It's cool that it's happening. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, Joe Branton. Yeah, it's that time of the week. Brand of the week. Uh. I always uh, look over and see if Jay's girlfriend has responded to that song. 
Um, did you also just, just say pure, brand of the wheat? Pure well. hatred. It did sound like you said brand of the wheat as well. <laughs> I clearly said cur at the end. Um, oh. So, brand of the week. So, brand of the week. This week, um, this this is one of the uh, this is one of the better brand of the weeks that we've that we've done. I okay. think so far. And what, what is so that? Is, uh, well, because we're continuing with my. Uh, my trend of doing weird boutique sixties brands. Okay, but um, selected by. Okay, so you may have suggested I, uh, this brand, but that I is... don't think it counts as boutique. I don't think it's sixties boutique. This no, well, you don't know about this one. Oh, okay, okay, this one's pretty boutique. Man. Yeah, I mean, the first few that you did were Woolworths catalogue guitars. I mean, yeah, I know, but they're continuing become... a trend. Uh, well, are, no, are you no, going to no, talk it's... about the uh, porcelain one? Uh, I wasn't, no, oh, I haven't okay. even read there's, about that. There's Maybe. one finished in porcelain, okay. so uh, that's pretty boutique. Um, so the... Um, Tell us who it is. So the company we're, we're talking about are, um, are Wondra. Um, is, that, is that... Are you happy Wand- with that? Wondra. Wondra. I guess. I think it's French. So how would a French man say right. it? Okay, well, the fella's Italian, so... Oh, okay, it's, well, uh, it's, it's Italian it's, then. Yeah. How would an Italian man say <laughs> it? Don't know. <laughs> this is fine. We're just trying uh, to approximate wait, wait. I, how do, to... I do a really good Italian impression, actually. So I, I bet you do. I bet you do. <laughs> Let's not do the whole thing. No, just how would you no. say this word? I don't know. I'm going to say Wandra. And okay, I'm going to get you. on with it. Okay, um, okay so, uh, so yes, the brand we're doing this week is Wandra. And it is another one of those brands, same thing that we've been going for, um, set up in the late 50s, early 60s, lasted around a decade, finished at the start of the 70s. This one has a wonderful ending to the company, unlike all the others that sort Which of went been... into it. Bought out now yeah. makes SpongeBob ukuleles. Yeah, yeah. This one's great. <laughs> this one's great, and this one's great probably because of of where it started from. Now, now, Wondra are definitely the weirdest um, guitars that we're going to have spoken about so far yeah. on this podcast. The the most arty, unique, odd, bonkers guitars that that anyone will probably ever see. They're probably the weirdest guitars on the market. And so, of course, the guy who owned the company and invented them was also completely bonkers, brilliantly so, which is why the company has a, an odd story as well. Um, but anyway, so the, the, the fellow who, uh, who founded the company was uh, uh, a guy called Anthony um, Paoli, um, and uh, he... Uh, Good French name. Yeah. God damn it. Uh, he uh, so he he set them up at the end of the fifties when he became interested in guitar manufacture and uh, he he hooked up with um, uh, with the popular then popular Italian um, guitar company Framez. Okay, who you remember from Framez were were making the ah, Dan Electrons. It all comes back around yeah, the so Dyn Electrons. The Dyn Electrons. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, they were. Um, they were all part of that, so that was that was interesting. Um, and and he sort of uh, uh, he made guitars with with them for uh, for a while. Um, uh, what what makes um, Paoli's guitars different was that he viewed everything as a work of art. Um, so I'll I'll talk you through some of the models because they are all completely nuts. Uh, a lot of people aren't aware that they have Wanderers. Um, because he didn't, on all his models, actually put the name Wanderer on yeah. the headstock anywhere. So a lot of people think they have um, Davily guitars because he had his friend, Davily, make the pickups, which were equally mental trapezoid humbuckers yeah. in chrome covers, and they were the only thing with a name on them. So a lot of people think that they have uh, they have those guitars. But um, So to give you some idea of the the how these were created... 
uh, he used to sculpt in order to come up with his ideas for body shapes and uh, he'd fabricate uh, the guitars using um, uh, bake light tops uh, and then a wood back and sides and then because he was interested in getting around problems that people were having with guitars in the early 60s he is the first person to come up with and use aluminium necks because of course truss rods weren't really, really a thing. i didn't know that yeah so he had complete aluminium necks and headstocks in some case aluminium through bodied guitars with sort of weird <laughs> wings but they um yeah he was the first person to do that and his he was trying to make all his guitars beautiful as well as being um uh, as as well as being very very playable um and uh sorry i'm getting lost uh, you mean you're not saying this off the top of your head? This yeah. is coming out of some <laughs> I've notes. Got this. But there's loads more notes on this one because it was just so interesting. Like there were so many wacky things. Like he used to do uh, things like push button um, pickup and tone selectors, like buttons that look like old those Fisherman Price tape recorders. Like Fisherman Price. Fisherman Fish. Fish. Fisher's, <laughs> Fisher, Fisher Price. Fisher's Price. Fisher Price. Fisher Price. There we go. Yeah, that one. A, I'm sure fishermen have a Fisherman's Price. price as well. Yeah, yeah. Fisherman's friend. Yeah, yeah Fisherman's oh, that's friend. That's it. That was a sort of a, a mix of those those two things. Um, but yeah, so... Um, uh, it, the, okay, so the coolest thing about how the company stopped is that in 1970, uh, Pioli decided to stop the company, Wanderer, because he wanted to go into uh, leather fashion manufacture. Okay. Which is great, but really sad because, unfortunately, that meant only 700,000... Wonder guitars were ever made in that in the decade or just over a decade that they were being produced which is not a lot of guitars no which means now these guitars that um it's taken a while for them to get like that i was reading a story because there's very little information about them on the internet i had to go to lots of different places and i found this uh one of the only sort of celebrity people that's ever played a wanderer who was talking about how he bought his uh his his wanderer um a wanderer uh tiger in a um in in a uh in like a second hand shop for $50 and that same guitar now goes for around $40,000. Wow. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Wonder guitars go for tons yeah. of money. Um so a really cool interesting um little company. I'll talk you through a couple of the models and then I'll sort of you know finish this off with a little bit of hope about the future of Wonder. Um so um, that's bonkers so what? yeah so we've got we've got a few things so that is the we've got the Wanderer um, Eturian Eturian so the Wanderer Eturian is uh, this this one was a bass it is a almost it's kind of heart shaped it looks like a novelty toilet seat right it looks yes. like it looks like a Star Trek com badge mixed yes, with an SG. Yeah. yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. Absolutely bonkers. What a wonderfully brilliant random guitar. Extremely rare. They reckon less than 2,000 of these were ever manufactured. So Nice big sort of Gibson-style humbucker in the neck. Yeah, um, quite late. So so this one was getting on for the end of the 60s. So you're seeing some more conventions brought in. And this is what's great about Wanderer is he literally paid no attention to... Um, to, to how common things, sense well no just to how things are being set up it's so much more interesting than the monotony of the fender and gibson standard crap that we put up with today this was so much more interesting really this doing all these uh 
So you'd um, rather you'd rather have that than like a late sixties precision. Yeah, these these things are all changing my mind. You know, they're sort of making me think more. What on earth is that? I don't know. Joe, it is worth mentioning. Joe is sort of showing us pictures of these while uh, while he he rambles. Okay, while struggling with a, while struggling with some some sponsored ads dodgy sponsored ads. You know, these are all targeted, right? Like, oh. so all these yeah, that dodgy- is weird. <laughs> Based on your search history, there's a picture of Donald Trump and some lady boobs. Um, <laughs> um, then we've got things like the the Rock Oval. I'm quite into the uh, the the Rock Oval. That's the most famous one, from what I can gather. That's yeah. the one that's uh, the reason. My only knowledge of Wanderer, really, or my only Wanderer fact, is that in one of the uh, doc, uh, Bob Dylan documentaries, which I think is called. It was whatever the first one is. Maybe it's called Don't Look Now or something like that. Right. Um, he won. There's a shot of him walking past a guitar shop and he stops because that's in the window and looks at it and is like, wow, that's amazing. Or whatever his voice is. Um, <laughs> it looks really good. Um, yeah, that, and that's kind of... That is the most famous of these guitars. Yeah. So the Rock Oval, which is, uh, which is kind of almost conventionally guitar-shaped until... You sort of get to the underside, the bottom horn, horn, and you realise that there's nothing there for half of the body. It's hard to explain, but really check it out. The Wanderer Rock Oval. It looks like someone's trodden on a Les Paul, and it's squished out sideways, and then someone's bitten off the the cutaway. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's it's also in some sort of weird like a uh, stone finish where it goes yeah. from green to yellow to red to blue uh, it's, it's it's very very bizarre they did some interesting things like tried putting um, uh, scratch plates over pickups but with the scratch plates being having the pickup shape uh, sort of embossed into so it bizarre. and stuff which is which is crazy which is really cool and yeah here we are for my most bonkers product uh, I've ever seen this is I'm pretty sure this is the polyphon oh no no it's not the polyphon this this must be this the bikini that's yes. right so everyone go and google Wanderer bikini I promise you won't come up with anything you might come up with there might be some that is, things, I mean this that is, is definitely one of the weirdest guitars I've ever seen so this we've got to try and explain this to listeners now um, this guitar which comes in some vibrant colours you can get uh, it in a black Torino red and yeah. sort graffiti, of a graffiti yellow you know, with tone controls that look like uh, look like old tape recorders yep. that will push in uh, tone controls the oddest body shape I can't really explain the body shape it's sort of a melty long lolly shape but then connected to the body on the lower uh, rear bow bow of the guitar connected via two large sort of metal sticks sticks is the amplifier for that guitar which is also in in a color matched uh thing and uh and yeah is worth mentioning it looks this like th- a- your goal matt I was going to say, it looks like an air conditioner is yeah. attached to the side of it. <laughs> it's worth mentioning that it's not like, you know, the uh, pig nose guitars or, you know, that have a nice discreet little speaker somewhere built into the body. This is, I mean, that looks like either a 10-inch speaker or a 12-inch speaker. Yeah, it's um, actually stuck giant. onto the side of the guitar. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that is, that's really rather weird. It's probably the coolest thing I have ever seen. That is I found one for sale at the moment. Go yeah. on, uh, how much? 15,000. There we go. Yeah. There we go. 
pounds or dollars. 1961. And it was the first, this was the first ever produced transistor. Oh, wow. It was the first ever produced transistor guitar amplifier. That's what I'm saying. This guy was breaking boundaries all over the place. Like, these guitars are incredible. There is so little information on the internet that's been sort of put in one place. So you have to do a bit of looking around. But there's too much in his catalogue, despite only making 700,000 guitars and only being around for 11 years. 700,000? 70,000. 70,000. You said 700,000 before. 700,000, yeah, that's right. Right, okay. No, 700,000 is a lot of guitars. That's 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 nearly a million guitars. That's seventy thousand guitars a year for ten years. Oh, that's yeah. more. That's more guitars than the, Fender Mexico make now. Oh, that can't be right. It must be seventy thousand then. Maybe this, I've written this. this down I thought you said seven thousand. Sound of Joe. Seven thousand makes more sense. Seventy thousand guitars. Seventy thousand. So, yeah. So seven thousand guitars a year for while he was in production. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That still that seems like quite a lot. lot. Oh, I don't think that's that. Have thing. you written the wrong number down? No, I've written the right number down. Mm, we'll see. But don't worry, everyone. If you don't want to spend £15,000 on a Wonder Bikini, don't worry. What? There's still 20 guitars a day. Yeah, well, that's a, a lot of factory. guitars. That's, and that's 365 days a year it, it for was, 10 years. It was the Italian heyday of, uh, of, of guitar manufacturer. It was. I mean, think how often you see like a lot of those kind of cheaper '60s Italian guitars. Like they are, there is quite a lot of that stuff yeah, being yeah, made. Yeah. Well, there was quite a lot of that stuff being made. Um, so, Joe Brenton, there is yeah, there is good news. There Go is on. there is good news for people um, people who want uh, a Wanderer but can't get one, and it also ties into a previous brand of the week. You're killing it this week. Oh yeah, Eastwood Guitars. Only did a flipping reissue okay. of a Wanderer, and they they were so nice about it. They wrote like a little blog on like explaining about Wanderer and all this stuff and why they've done a reissue. So they reissued the Trilam, one of the uh, one of the safer Wanderers, but still a completely wicked, cool looking um, hollow body. Uh, guitar that they made. Uh, of course, you know they they cut the corners that they did on all the airline stuff and. And gave them uh, standard maple necks and, and, and rosewood fingerboards, but n- nonetheless, it's it's kind of a wicked-looking uh, sort of alternative. So, if you're into Wanderer, Eastwood do do the the Eastwood take on the on the Trilam, and uh, yeah, it's super cool. Should we do some uh, questions? Questions. They they should have called this the remember remember Wanderer Wanderer. Oh, that was the is other that, thing. Wait, was oh, that the Womble pun? Do you yeah, want to know? That was a that's awful. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a, a cool thing. A cool thing about um, about why they're called Wanderer. Go on. Uh, bear in mind that the fella's name is is Pioli. Yeah. Um, it was uh, it was his dad's nickname for him because uh, it means to go in reverse because he was always a bit of a weirdo. Well, there we go. That certainly comes out in the guitars. <laughs> anyway, let's do some questions. Yeah, you already said questions, didn't you? Questions! Jay Cross, anything from the Amplify studio? Yes, actually, and this is probably one for you, actually, MP. For me? Yes. Oh, really? Wow, okay. Um, so, um, from the group, uh, Matt Quine wants to know uh, what cheap humbuckers we could recommend for his pink sparkle... Well, there we Squire go. Strat. And, uh, the answer is... We, he doesn't want to break the bank. Okay. So, because obviously it was a cheap guitar, but... We were having this discussion off air just on Sunday. We were. The answer is I haven't decided uh, what's going in mine yet. But it depends what you want. If you wanted variety, 
Then how about a Seymour Duncan P rails? Oh my god, I was going to say that. And a, I was actually going to say that. Yeah. Um, and something like a uh, Seymour Duncan fat cat in the neck. Okay. Um, because I personally, I don't really like pink. Uh, don't really like humbucks in the neck. I think it's a little bit pointless. Like you, they already get kind of beefed up tone uh, from just being in the neck pickup. So personally, I don't really like humbuckers. So the fat cat seems like a really good choice because you get that kind of. P90 twang to it, but it's in the neck position. And then the P rails in the bridge basically gives you loads of options because you can switch it from, you know, a full humbucker to a um, P90 style. Um, or can you combine the two, Matt? Is that an option? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So you- uh, if you buy the. What's the other thing that you can buy for the pickup ring? Not the. I can't think what it's called now. There's a there's a, like a pickup ring that you can buy as well, isn't there? Yeah. So basically, what you then do some switchings. What you then up with there is a super versatile strap. What I'm also thinking of doing on mine is adding a middle pickup. Thinking of going P90 in the neck, strap pickup in the middle, P rails in the bridge, and then just giving myself loads of switching options. Um, but you only ever use the bridge. Yeah, sure. But this guitar is going to be used for demos and guitar nerd stuff where we use more. Than I would do at home. We um we haven't spoken on the podcast about the new Blood Red Shoes signature. Is it a signature? It's, not, it's also well, not new. She's had it for like the first one was. I was reading the first one come out in like two thousand and eight. Really? I think yeah. she always played tellies. Oh no. Anyway, I just um, meant because you could do something like that um, because she has telly pickups or strap pickups, but vertically. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. So that they take. The whole one I'm for not one string. I'm absolutely not going to get that. six. Stupid. No. Um, <laughs> anyway, so Matt, yeah, um, we have got probably more conversations to have about this because we're doing something for what we're calling mod mode on YouTube, where we kind What's of do mod mode, mod mode, where we do up that guitar, and uh, yeah, we're going to kind of uh, spec it out and try some different stuff and take people's uh, comments from YouTube about what we do with it. So. Yeah, uh, that would be my recommendations for now. Get a P90 for the neck and get a P rails from the bridge. It's quite, it's quite funny, really, because a bunch of people have have bought this guitar in the Facebook yeah. group. We could almost do like our version of like building Tracy Island on okay. uh, on like Blue Peter. So <laughs> like, so we make the best one. No, 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 not at all. Just like we we suggest what other people go out and buy, and you buy it as well. Okay, and it's like oh. But here's one I made earlier. Right. And you've got like you're building Tracy Island. Yep. That I, would in I don't know what you mean. What do you what do you mean you don't know? You that would involve, when you're a kid, didn't you? No, probably not. That would involve me doing some soldering on video and I do not want to do that. That'd be bad times. Okay. For everyone concerned. I'll do it. Uh, Matt, yeah, Mac do, do it. That's true. Matt's, That's true. He's our uh I can't name any of the Tracy family. Dick. Dick Tracy. He's our dick. <laughs> He's our dick. <laughs> <laughs> um Jay Cross, any other questions from the chat? Uh, no, nothing for the time being. I okay. don't think as far as if I, you got I any, If anything. you're listening live and you've got questions, drop them in now. Um, so this is actually uh, from the... This one came in via email, actually. Um, this, email? Was indeed. It 1992? The emails. <laughs> um, in fact, it was an email. It came through the website. This is from Zach, and it's a mixture of feedback and some questions. Zach says, Hey, I just started listening to y'all's podcast and have found you guys to be way more on topic and informative and entertaining to be honest compared to other podcasts 
That said, I was hoping you guys could do some research on Music Man amps Leo Fender did in the 70s and maybe just ramble on about what you like and dislike. It's a pretty interesting story if you look into it. So, Joe Branton, maybe that could be your brand of the week next yeah, week. Yeah, maybe we could do an amp brand. We're doing Music Man amps. Yeah, okay, cool. Fine. Okay. I'm really into those. They made those. one of the, the best solid state amps, I think. Yeah. I think they definitely made a, a killer a solid state amp in the 70s. And you know what uh, else they birthed? Mm-hmm. Mark Bass. Oh, yeah. Okay? yeah, yeah. But, That's why Mark Bass make Music Man amps now. They did a couple. Yeah, don't think I knew that. Yeah. Mm. Wait. So, what's the relation between Mark Bass and? I'm not sure Ernie there is Ball. one. So he basically they're not together. We're gonna uh, we're gonna research this properly for next week. But as far as I'm aware, he was building amps. Wait, who was Marco, Marco. from Mark Bass? Yeah. And Music Man went to him and said, "Can you build us an amp?" So the first ones that came out were Music Man branded. And then he went off on his own to do Mark Bass. All right. So, but Joe will so get... So essentially, yeah, yeah, Mark Bass right. are just... They're essentially Fenders. Mm, yeah, let's say that. That's fine. Cool. Yeah. I love um, Fenders. Continuing this email, <sighs> um, Zach also says, Also, maybe it's a UK thing, but what is y'all's obsession with Pink Sparkle? That, I think that's the second time we've been called out for liking Pink guitars And do you know week. what? I, um, I read this question ahead of time when uh, you were talking earlier and I was like oh yeah Pink Sparkle so I put an Epiphone into eBay and the first result was a Pink Sparkle Les Paul in mint condition get and it. I was like get oh it. my Ooh. goodness just Maybe get it let's that. have them all the obsession is it's the best colour easy well I mean, pinks pinks of any yeah, yeah. yeah. Job yeah done. I mean shell pink what colour's your is it shell is ocean it just- Ocean, ocean, pink. ocean pink. Ocean is you know well all lush. those really famous oceans that are pink. Yeah, the, the pink, pink ocean. ocean. It's the classic. It's somewhere <laughs> it, off it's the off the Red Sea. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, lastly, uh, there is a small convenience thing I thought I'd bring up. We're doing a review or talking about any product really. I think it'd be nice if you said the name of the gear more often than you do. Mainly because you'll be talking about something. If the listeners miss what you said, which I've done, sometimes difficult to go back and find when you drop the name. And if you can't find it, then it's forever lost. And it's all good uh, to it's co- it's good to constantly refresh the listeners on what you're talking about in general. In my opinion, small thing, not a big deal. I think that's true. And I think actually, in the last few weeks, we've kind of got a little bit better of doing that. Um, we've also got a bit less rambly in the last two weeks. I think. So uh, yeah, we'll keep trying to do that. It's nice to have that feedback, and uh, and yeah, we'll keep trying to do it. I get it with gaming podcasts all the time that I'll miss something. They'll talk about this cool game that sounds wicked, but it's like a little indie game that you'd never be able to find, and they just never say their name again. So I am conscious of it, and yeah, we we'll work on it definitely. Nah. Finishing up this email, uh, he says. Just curious, are there any words that Americans say that you guys find funny or quirky? Any funny stereotypes? I find it funny when one of y'all say blimey, rubbish, garage, or cool. Sincerely, your Midwestern American listener from Kansas City, Missouri, home of JHS. So, uh, funniest American word, Matt Knight. Uh, I have literally no idea. (laughs) Jay Cross, funniest American word. I've got to be careful. You have. I've got to be careful because... For people who don't know, my girlfriend, who is sat maybe 10 foot away from us, is American. Funniest American word. Come um, I don't know. Aluminum. Oh, no, that was my one. <laughs> that is pretty... Oh, no, I've got a better one. Go on. Uh, mirror. No, that's that's pretty standard. No, no, no. Mirror. There's too many vowels in it for him. Mirror. 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 
Mirror. Also, depending on where you're from, so Maddie is from uh, Maddie's from Philadelphia, where they say uh, water, water, instead of water. Well, I mean, obviously, I, it's difficult because I mean, I say water, and that's obviously not how most people. Oh, say you're saying it. water? Yeah, I was saying. Oh. yeah, that's okay, what I was fine. saying. Yeah, fine. But it's when she says it, it sounds like there's a D in it. What it's are you water. talking about? I think T's for D's is a pretty standard Americanism. Well, I don't think there's I'd... a T in water. Uh, is, right. is that those websites you've been on then again T's for D's anyway I'm going to say car hole is my, uh, is my sorry car hole is my car hole yeah instead of, he said garage sounds funny so uh, yeah when they say car hole that I, sounds weird to me <laughs> I've never heard anyone say car well, hole you know anyway. you mean, they, it, it's Don't. garage isn't it it's car hole okay la di da Mr. French man um Anyway, let's take one more question, then we'll wrap this up. Um, shall we do... Let's do... Let's do... Let's do... Tom says, for those who run everything into the front end of an amp, what do you use for a solo boost? I normally run a booster in the FX loop. Um, the, sorry, the what loop? The, he's written it as FX, and I was just reading it without right. thinking. I usually run it in the FX loop, and it, bring, uh, it brings... <laughs> up uh, and boost mids when I'm running my other amp with no loop I want a solo boost without hitting the front end harder more break up not so much volume boost what do you do um, so basically he wants a solo boost but he has an amp without an effects loop is there any way to do it Matt yes and actually I have just started using it because it turned up in the post today oh yeah I bought a boss GE7 <laughs> A Turn modded the, GE7. Don't you just have them around the office? Isn't your chair made out of GE7s? <laughs> no, they're such uh, a good pedal. They're such an they essential. Are. And actually, I bought a, a modded one um, so we could properly AB a modded one against a stock one um, because the people that mod them say that there's like it reduces noise and various other bits and boosts certain frequencies. So going to have a proper AB of those two, but actually a really good way to... Jesus. EQ so we've got your to a point where we're it. a being EQ pedals. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what it is. That, a being EQs. Yeah, um, but it's a good way to kind of tailor your guitar sound before it goes into your amplifier. Um, so after all your drives, or before, but you know, after all your drives, saying before modulations and delays, um, and it's quite good to yeah, just give you a pure volume boost or just tailor certain frequencies if you want to boost something up or down and. Yeah alter the way something sounds or cut through more for solos you know boost mids more or or the first thing i did was the classic smiley face um, oh yeah scoop all the mids and pump all the bass and all the treble that's a really interesting um thing that you say there matt about putting the e i would never have thought to put an eq pedal in the middle of no a i always pedal put chain. mine right after a compressor I'd, like well yeah I'd, i mean i'd always two, put it either first, first or things. last yeah yeah i suppose when you think about an amp, for example, and yeah, something without an effects loop, but say like um, a JCM800, where you've got a volume and a preamp, so you can preamp, you can crank the preamp and get all your drive, and then your volume is like a master output. Your tone stack sits after the gain, but before the the main output. So actually, putting an EQ after drives makes a lot of sense because it's the same way that an amp would also respond to it mm. so you have all your drives and then you eq that drive sound to how you want it so it works well because if you sometimes you have it at the front what you're doing is you're changing the way your guitar sounds before it goes into the drive and the drive does alter the way that your guitar sounds anyway yeah. um 
So having it in between the two, because you don't want to necessarily filter or change the way your delay sounds, but you might want to filter the way your drive sounds. Okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And with that, I will. Uh, I think we'll call it an evening. Um, mm. Thanks for listening this week. Um, thanks for watching live on Amplify if you have been. If you haven't been, go to ampli.five forward slash guitar nerds where you can see the archive of this video. Uh, and you can join us every Tuesday night at 8.30 UK time where we do an hour of this um, we're off to now go and do a Patreon episode Joe's bullying me for the video he's showing off for the video um, we're going to go and do the Patreon episode this week we're doing how to sound like Blink 182 182 182, 182. He, doesn't, 182. he doesn't care I Car saw a video hole. he doesn't care Blink 182 he, I'll watch your video oh, we'll talk about this thing. If, you, uh, if you want to uh, listen to that um, you need to head over to patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds where from as little as $5 a month you can get an extra episode of Guitar Nerds every week which lasts about half an hour and we focus on one topic um, and we try and stay on topic as much as possible we do we're um, brutally on topic from violently ten- so indeed from $10 a month you become one of our executive backers and one of the exclusive producers of this podcast which means you get your name read out thusly Steve Merkel Tony Blair Carlos Mancha Andrew Marco Mark Cross J.D. Short David Carroll Andy McKenzie Brad Pitt Paul Corrigan Jack Godfrey Jack Conroy Will Clare Scott O'Brien Quat Mine Phil Thompson Laurie Anst Dis 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 Moo Gravit Colin Anderflunkson Good. Um, you can also, if you want to see more of this nonsense, head, head over to. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, if you want to see more of this nonsense, head over to youtube.com forward slash guitar nerds videos where we're doing loads of video content, all the demos we talked about earlier, plus more. You can join us, the, join on the Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum. You can join us on Twitter at guitar nerds, Instagram at guitar nerds. Um, you can follow us individually as well on Twitter at mark underscore random, at matt underscore nightsy, at j a y b n one and at Joseph underscore 900. Um, unless there's anything else, chaps, let's call that a podcast. It's a podcast. Goodbye. See you next week. Farewell. Bye. Cheers, gang. Bye. Adios. Goodbye. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.